Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Amen. Come on, say amen. Oh, I can't wait to go skating. Uh, if my son's in the room, he says I'm an Olympic skater. It's a big joke. So I'll be out there doing triple axles. Come out, get out your phone. Cindy's laughing in the back. And I'm kidding. I can't, okay? I can't. I did skating lessons, and I can skate, but that's about it. But um, aren't you thankful for Jesus? Aren't you thankful for what he's doing today? And aren't you thankful? If you're part of Hope City, you've probably been noticing what God is doing in this house. Aren't you thankful? Could we just take a moment, lift our hands to Jesus again? And, and I'll, you can be like, what is with this girl? She loves to just like, can you lift your hands? Can you lift your hands? And when I lift my hands to Jesus... I'm saying, Jesus, you're not just my Savior, you're my Lord. I don't just believe in you, Jesus, but my life, everything that I am, everything that I have, everything that you've given to me doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you. It says, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want you. Jesus, would you come? So, Jesus, as we lift our hands this morning as a church, we ask you to come. Would you come in your power? Would you come in your anointing? Would you come in your wisdom? Would you come in your kindness? Would you come with your joy? Would you come with your peace? Would you come with your life? Lord Jesus, would you breathe on hearts this morning, Lord, where people are being hopeless? God, would you just breathe on them with your hope this morning? And I say, hope, would you rise up right now in the name of Jesus? God, would you just meet people right where they are at? God, you said that you are near to the brokenhearted. I speak to brokenhearted people this morning and I say lift your hands to Jesus and be healed in the name of Jesus because he came to heal your heart, sweetie. He came to heal your heart. Church, he came to heal minds. If there's minds that are dealing with Alzheimer's or dementia or just some brain stuff, put your hand on your head and say thank you, Jesus, that you are my healer. Say thank you, Jesus. Church, let's just say thank you, Jesus. For those of you dealing with stomach issues, put your hand on your stomach this morning and say, thank you, Jesus, that you are my healer. For those of you who have knee trouble this morning, put your hands on your knees this morning and say, thank you, Jesus, that you are my healer. I'm getting some words of knowledge for people. This has never happened to me before. People have pain in their back. Put your hand on your back and say, thank you, Jesus, that you are my healer. Some people are dealing with neck pain this morning. Put your hand on your neck. And say, thank you, Jesus, that you are my healer. Some of you are dealing with depression. Just lift up your hands to Jesus this morning. Say, thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You might be at Hope City for the first time, and we absolutely believe that Jesus Christ is the healer. Come on, give thanks to Jesus this morning, church. I absolutely believe in the healing power of Jesus Christ. My brother was healed of cancer when I was nine years old, totally set free. I absolutely believe that Jesus heals. I absolutely believe that Jesus can cure and heal addictions because he set my father free from alcoholism. I absolutely believe that the prodigals are coming home because I'm seeing it in my family in Jesus' name. I absolutely believe 
that marriages can restore it because my husband and I are a living testimony of what Jesus Christ can do when you stick together. I want to encourage you this morning and say you plus Jesus is a majority. Come on. I want to encourage you this morning. You plus Jesus is a majority. You could be like, well, Jenny, I just don't have anyone. No one to pray with me. No one to teach me this. No one to teach me that. Lift your hands to Jesus and say, Jesus, would you come? I'm a walking testimony. I remember six years ago, seven years ago, we were living in Calgary. And some of you have heard me share this testimony. I'm literally fall to the ground. It's like midnight. It's dark. We're not talking I have nobody. It's a terrible, wicked, demonic time. And I lifted my hands to Jesus, and it wasn't his fault. I want to say that, okay? There's just honestly, Jake is the best. He is the best. What you see is what you get. And I want to say thank you, Jesus, for a husband that serves Jesus with all of their heart and a person who is rock steady in the word of God. Church, what you see is what you get. But you see, I went through some childhood trauma when I was a child that didn't get dealt with for whatever reason. And I remember collapsing on the floor. And I said, Jesus, I am so broken. I am so broken. Would you fix me? Jesus plus Jenny was a majority. And you know what? He comes. He comes. Thank God for people who come and pray for us. Thank God for people who come and give us the word. Thank God. Psalm 118.7 says that the Lord is for me among those who are around me. Thank God. I've had some amazing coffees with some of you in the room. And thank God we've had those conversations. Thank God we prayed together. And we're going to have more. But I want to encourage you, when there is no one, you've got Jesus. And when there is somebody, you've got Jesus. We can do a few things, I guess, in life, but I'm living proof that I can't do much without Jesus because the Lamb of God has saved me. The Lamb of God has restored me. The Lamb of God has repaired me. The Lamb of God has renewed me and revived me, and he can do it for you. Can somebody say amen? One more word of knowledge. People who are dealing with heart issues, just put your hand on your heart. And say, thank you, Jesus, that you are my healer. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Church, everybody just say, thank you, Jesus. It's always important in these atmospheres that we're always giving glory to God because it's not about anything or, or, or me or Pastor Jake or anybody in the room. It's always about Jesus. It's always about Jesus. And we always want to, in this house, give Jesus Christ the preeminence that he deserves and he has earned. Because he died on the cross, Jesus did it, so you didn't have to. And the church said, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. So we are in 21 days of prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. So, I have to say, if I seem a little tired, I just, maybe we'll put the 9 a.m. up. You'll hear why, okay? <laughs> and I've just let a lot, so my voice is gone. Um, but we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I just want to encourage you, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And if you've had a blip, keep going. So you had a blip. Okay. You drank a coffee. Okay? Just Grab your tea, 
and keep going because what the enemy would love to do is just bring shame and condemnation on you and say, well, you had a blip. You just need to quit doing this prayer and fasting thing because the enemy doesn't want you to have your breakthrough because the enemy knows what's on the other side of this 21 days for your life. And I'm saying just get back up and walk again. And, uh, and just to encourage you all, like, we're fasting, and we're talking a lot about fasting, but the Bible says, and Pastor Jake spoke so well about this last week, it says, when you fast, okay? It doesn't say if you fast. It says when you fast, implying that fasting is supposed to be a part of our regular lives as believers, amen? Just we're calling, this is called a corporate fast, this 21-day fast is a corporate fast, and that's good. But I want to encourage some of you to incline your ear to the Lord in 2023, so maybe there'll be some more fasting journeys for you ahead, okay? But the other thing that Jesus said, he didn't say if you pray. In Matthew 6, he said when you pray. So I want to encourage you while you're fasting, who's fasting in the house, okay? While you're fasting, combine it with, while you're fasting, Combine it with praying. And I want to encourage you in your prayer list, write it down. For the things that you're really believing God for a breakthrough, write it down. I took time this week to write it down. I got 54 things plus on that list this morning, okay? I was up at 5 a.m. this morning. I went to bed at 2 a.m., okay? So you can imagine at 5 a.m. this morning, I'm like plowing through these 54 prayers. But I loved it because it's like, God's like, I don't want you to forget. I want you to keep bringing it in remembrance. Keep bringing it in remembrance. I want to encourage you for the things that you're looking breakthrough, that you need breakthrough in your life, write it down. Amen? Amen. We need a breakthrough. But, you know, we, we talk a lot about breakthrough. But during this fast, I want to encourage you is don't just make it about the breakthrough. This is about Jesus. This is about more of Jesus. Amen? This is about coming to meet with Jesus. How many of us, we need clear vision. Amen? Someone wise said, uh, the diet, a diet will change the way that we look, if you're doing it right, okay? But fasting changes the way that we see. And I don't know about you, but I need some clarity. Do you need some clarity? I need some greater vision for where God is taking us. I need my ears to be opened, again, to hear the voice of God. Some of you are like, well, I haven't heard the voice of God. I can't, you know, I haven't heard the voice of God in a while. Well, maybe you should try this thing called prayer and fasting, and we want to invite you on the journey. You can grab a paper. Well, no, apparently, we don't have paper. You can go to the website. I'm not here to sell Jesus, okay? I just want to encourage you that there is room for you to join us, even if you don't go to Hope City, on this fast, because I want you to have an encounter with Jesus church because when Jesus enters the room everything changes come on give thanks to Jesus when Jesus comes into your life everything changes amen Jake intimated and I brought it up in the 9 a.m. service you know that story of Zacchaeus and, and I, I don't know how tall Zacchaeus was I by the song he was a wee little man right? We all know the song. Maybe better than the story, okay? But the song is the story, so it's okay. And, and I'm not going to sing it. Don't worry. But Zacchaeus climbed up into the tree, climbed up in the sycamore tree is what it says, very specific. 
And you have to imagine that Zacchaeus was hearing about this Jesus. Jesus who was healing. Jesus who was saving. Jesus who was delivering. Could it be the Messiah was here? And he climbs up into this tree. And he locks eyes on Jesus. And Jesus locks eyes on Zacchaeus. See, the thing about prayer and fasting is it locks our eyes on Jesus. It locks our eyes on Jesus. And we need to, in these times, church, be locked in on Jesus because we need Jesus. Our families need Jesus. Our children need Jesus. Our coworkers need Jesus. And Jesus was always looking for faith, right? Do you notice that when you read your Bible? Wow, you know what is wild? The 9 a.m. is way more hype than the 11 a.m., and it's so weird. Come on. I'm the one who's tired. <laughs> Wake up. I'm just teasing. I'm totally just teasing. But if you look in the Bible, Jesus is always looking for faith. And when Jesus saw Zacchaeus looking at him, oh, you're the one. And, and Jesus is like, oh, there's some faith there. You know what Jesus said? He said, hey, buddy, I'm coming to your house. Hey, buddy, I'm coming to your house. And like Pastor Jake declared, salvation is here. That's what it says. I'm going to your house today. Salvation is coming to your house today. So I want to encourage you, Hope City, stick with the fast because salvation is coming to your household this season. Amen? Come on, give thanks to Jesus. If you guys have been hanging around Pastor Jake and I for any time at all, we're not messing around this season. I'm not messing around. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what next month holds. I don't know what this year holds. We're not messing around. We're not messing around. So we're going to be all in with this fast. You know, we are making in this house worship a priority. Amen. We are making worship a priority. We are making Jesus a priority. Because we understand that when praise is our posture, victory is our position. I'll say that again. When praise is your posture, church, victory will be your position. I'll say it again. It's a word for some of you. When praise is your posture, victory will be your position, and I declare victory over your life in the name of Jesus. And what the enemy intended for evil in your life, God is turning it around for good. That's a word for somebody this morning. There's a turnaround happening even right now. Right now, someone said years ago, if you look for the spectacular, you'll miss the supernatural. Don't be moved by people not running around like, well, what's happening today is different than Wednesday night. Well, I hope so. Because we're not trying to replicate something every time we come together. That's weird. That's actually called fabrication. And you can't fabricate the works of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, we had like victory laps. <laughs> you know, and of course it was me that started it because I'm weird. <laughs> Some of you know. Some of you know. Um, but I was encouraged last night because I got a... I got a message from a kid I don't really know that was here. He goes to a church in Chilliwack, and he's, I think he's pretty cool. And he loved the victory lap. 
There's going to be more victory laps for us to run in this season because we are making worship and praise a priority. It's time for some of us to get our joy back. You know, we've just gone through this thing. Perhaps you've heard of it called COVID. And you're like, is she seriously talking about COVID? Yeah, I seriously am. And, you know, it's not, it's not a thing, and I don't want to make it a thing. But I see it a thing when I look in people's eyes. I see it a thing when I look in marriages, what's happened. I see a thing when I look in the, what's happening in people's family. Because it was a hard season. It was a hard season. And then came a flood. Like, what? I remember my friends down in Nashville, they were just like, what is happening with you guys in Canada? I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. You know, we had an offer to move to San Diego before we took this church in Abbotsford. And not for one moment have we ever looked back, just so you know, church. But we're just like, wow, thank you, God, for calling us to Abbotsford. <laughs> I was working at Trinity Western. This was, would have been November of 2021. And driving four hours, because you know that awesome back highway? It's beautiful, right? Try driving it for weeks. Weeks upon weeks and weeks, it lost its beauty. It is beautiful. But I see some fragmentation in people. I see it when we're driving, the anger, the fear, the food shortage, the food scarcity. Church. Salvation is coming to our house today. Amen? Where there's been fragmentation, there is healing in the name of Jesus. Amen? Okay, I better get through this message because I didn't get through it in the first service. So at least we'll have maybe one recording of the message. Okay? Okay, pre-message thought. When God hears my message, okay? And I think it's called, I can see clearly now. I want to say this. When God gives you a vision, say when God gives you a vision... It has the power to, it's okay. It, it has the power to awaken your identity. Do you believe that? It has the power to awaken your identity and increase your vision to where you will never be the same. And if this has never happened to you, I am praying that it happens for you today. I am praying that it happens for you during these next 21 days. And I'm praying for 2023 that you're going to continue to have encounters with Jesus that are absolutely going to be wild, that are absolutely going to be crazy, that are going to cause you to give great testimony and glory to Jesus. Something that the Spirit of God said a couple weeks ago in pre-service prayer was, he said, if you will give me your 2023, you will see my glory. He said, if you will give me your 2023, you will see my glory. And when Jesus says a word like that, I'm like, I'm all in. I'm all in. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to be like Martha. I want to be like Mary, sitting at the feet of God, not distracted with this, not distracted by that worship night. I'm there. I'm changing the schedule, man. Worship night, I am there. Victory lap, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Dancing for joy, I'm doing it. Because like Zacchaeus, I feel like I am a little bit like Zacchaeus in that tree, saying, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, people need you. Jesus, this city needs you. Jesus, our church needs you. Jesus, 
We need you. He's coming to our house. Salvation is here. Amen. I want to share a story with you. Is that the clock? Oh, man. That's worse than the nine. How did that happen? <laughs> oh, no. We're going to be here just a little bit longer, okay, you guys? I promise. Okay, I promise. Jesus will make it interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you plus Jesus is the majority. Just remember that. Okay. About seven years ago, I had a dream. I didn't realize it was a prophetic dream until about three weeks later. But in this dream, I'll try to keep it brief. I was leading worship at an event, and I was getting ready with the worship team, and there was like an orchestra, and everyone was tuning. Chad, you would know this. Like, you know, when the orchestra is tuning, it's like all out of key, and it doesn't sound very good initially, but it gets better, right? But they have to, to find the key and to get tuned and everything, okay? But then I could also, I also noticed as, you know, I began to be less distracted by the worship team as I looked out that there was a darkness in the room. And I was like, what's going on? What's going on? And I'm like, wow, just something's not right. Just something's not right. And Psalm 19 rose up in my heart, which says, it's the heavens declare the glory of God, so I declare the glory of God. And I begin to say again, it's the heavens declare the glory of God, so I declare the glory of God. And nothing was changing, so I said it again. Because the word of God is quick and powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it divides. It pierces hearts, and it divides between, you know, the soul and spirit, the joints and marrow. Amen? And as I begin to declare the word of God again, uh, as the heavens declare the glory of God, so I declare the glory of God in this place. And my hand began to go out, and as my hand went out, the light of God went forth. And as the light of God went forth, the darkness began to break through the atmosphere. And I said it again, it's the heavens declare the glory of God. So I declare the glory of God in this place. And people begin to fill the room. And people begin to sing as the heavens declare the glory of God. So we declare the glory of God in this room. When Jesus comes into the room, church, everything changes. When praise is your posture, victory will be your portion. So I woke up, and I thought, huh, do you ever wake up from a dream, and you're like, huh, I can't really remember it, but something happened, you know, those dreams? Well, three weeks later, it kind of dawned on me that I was leading worship differently, and I was like, something shifted, something shifted, and then the Lord vividly brought the dream back to remembrance. See, God wants to give you a vision. God wants to give you a dream for your life, and I believe some of you are going to have supernatural dreams like I had in these 21 days that are going to reawaken you where there's been damage, maybe through stuff and trauma that's and disappointments that have happened in your life, that hope is going to rise up and there's going to be healing. Amen? Because when you have a dream from the Lord, when you get a vision from the Lord, hope also rises in your heart. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. It's his plans to give you hope in a future, not to harm you. I'm not going to harm you. There might be all this chaos and all this unknown and scarcity and stuff around. No, no, no. God says that's not your portion. He says I am your portion, and I'm going to awaken you to see that I am your portion. And all this other stuff can be happening, but you will not fail. You will, you will succeed. You will rise because when praise is your posture, victory is your portion. God's got a plan for your life. It's not tiny. 
it's not tiny and 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 you once some of you you once you know realized that that God didn't have a tiny plan like you were a dreamer Jake you were right when you said in the 11 that God was going to say different things to people so write stuff down you guys I might not even be saying something but God's speaking to you this morning God's got a plan for your life And he wants to reawaken some of those dreams and hearts in the house today. He wants to reawaken hope. He wants to reawaken destiny. He wants to awaken your identity this morning. And I say, let it happen in the name of Jesus. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, God's called you for such a time as this. Say it louder. Say, God's called you for such a time as this. Okay, Isaiah 6, we're going to plow through this again, again. Say again. Okay, usually, you know, you guys are probably familiar with the story of Isaiah and Isaiah 6. We love the I saw, there was glory, I think, and here am I, send me. That's what we just want to get to the here am I, send me. It's here am I, okay? But I want to get through some of this so that you see maybe some things that you didn't see before, Okay. Verse 1, it was in the year the King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple, isn't that incredible, to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. And this is what Isaiah said. He said, then I said, it's all over. Have you ever said that in life? This is it. This is the end. I guess that's it. He says, it's all over. I am doomed, for I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among people with filthy lips, yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's army. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with the burning coal. This is a foreshadow of Jesus, okay? He had taken from the altar with the pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it, and he said, See, this coal has touched my lips. Now your guilt is removed, and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Who should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. That's why I like to lift my hands to Jesus, because I'm constantly reminding myself, here am I, send me. It was said of Isaiah that he was the most willing prophet. He was always the guy at the front of the line. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't care if it's wild and crazy. I'll say it. I'll tell him. Come on. Let's be the person in the front of the line, amen, saying I'll do it. But just to give some context to this, and, and some of you might not know this, that this was a vision, like I said, that God had given to Isaiah. But Uzziah actually, King Uzziah was Isaiah's cousin or his uncle. Okay, scholars can't seem to agree if it was his cousin or his uncle. But let's just agree today that Uzziah was a f- family member, okay? I think that we can be clear that it was a family member. So you have to understand contextually that Isaiah could be dealing with some confusion. He could be, because this was just in the year, okay? He was dealing with some grief, maybe some discouragement, maybe some despondency, maybe some hopelessness. And I encourage you this morning that just like when Isaiah was going through that, God gave him a vision, 
You might be going through some discouragement. You might be going through some hopelessness this season. You might be going through some confusion or some wanderings, wanderings in your life. But God wants to give you a vision today, a fresh vision with all of heaven saying, keep going. Don't quit. You've been called for such a time as this. Come on. Woohoo. Yes, to your woohoo. I'll echo your woohoo. Woohoo. Okay, first part of verse one. Okay, we're gonna, I got five points. We're going to go through it. Verse one. It says, it was, it was in the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. Say, I saw the Lord. I love this. In the Passion Translation, because uh, you can buy copies of those. Fun fact, if you didn't know that Passion Translation is out in Isaiah, it is. You just got to get the book. It says, I clearly saw the Lord. I clearly saw the Lord. So saw means to give attention. Say, give attention. It means to look with eyes that see. To keep on looking, to experience, to encounter, to be awakened. So what Isaiah is saying was, I was awakened by the Lord. I had this experience with the Lord. I had this encounter with the Lord, and I want to tell you all about it. My <laughs> so my first point being, an encounter with God, if you're taking notes, will cause you to see. Do you need to see? Do you need some vision? Do you need to know? Are you wondering where you're going? Like, you know, like, where are we going? <laughs> What is happening? Do you need some of that? I need some of that. An encounter with God will cause you to see. It will awaken you. It will give you greater clarity and a greater vision for things unseen. Uh, next verse, the second part of verse 1, it says, He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So if you go study out the train of his robe, um, you know, scholars will tell you that this train and why it was mentioned. So the train of his robe filled the temple of girls. Have you ever watched royal weddings on TV and you see they're like long trains? Yes? Thank you. Thank you. Am I the only one? But they're long trains. It fills the cathedral, right? And it's beautiful and it's awesome. So scholars will show you that this was mentioned because Isaiah was saying, I saw the Lord in the train of his robe fills the temple. So the train of his robe, like it was heavy. It was not made of polyester. <laughs> it was heavy. It was regal. It was royal. It was a robe of quality. So scholars will make this point, and I love this point. You know why, why that's mentioned? Because the king isn't going anywhere. Because he can't move. He can't move because it's so heavy. And God has a word for some of you this morning. He said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. You might be going through grief and discouragement. You might have some financial woes. You might be having some marriage problems. But God is saying, I am with you, and it will be okay. If you will lock arms with me, you will see. You will see that I am your king, and I am working on your behalf to walk with you and to heal you and to restore you. Amen? Amen. Number two, uh, point number two, an encounter with God will remind us that God is mighty and he is powerful, that he has not forsaken you and he is present. And for some of you who've had some blips, and let's just play a game called let's be honest. We've all had blips. Who's had a blip? Who doesn't have their hand up? 
Come on. Who's had a blip? I mean, like, you've messed up. You've had a, you've sinned. You did something you shouldn't. Just raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. An encounter with God will give us hope for our future. God is not mad at you. He's not mad at you. And the enemy, for some of you in the room this morning, wants to convince you or has convinced you, I think some, one of you for sure, has convinced you that God is mad at you and it could never be, it could, it could never get better. Pastor Jake has mentioned this a couple of times, and, and I got this word out of Psalm 25 a couple weeks ago, but I want to mention it again for that person that I'm talking to. The enemy has tried to bound you up in shame and guilt. The enemy's tried to bound you up in guilt and shame. And God is saying, I am the Lamb of God who's taken your guilt and shame. And in fact, last Sunday, the word that God has was someone was so riddled with guilt and shame, it was like you were on your back like this. Can you see me? Probably not. But, but what I had this picture of was this person with this cinder block. You know what a cinder block is? They're really heavy, and I probably couldn't even handle it on my chest. But it was like this weight and this cinder block of guilt and shame was on you, and you were trying to get up, and, you know, you're like, oh, I hear you saying there's a hope for my future, but I just can't get up. I just can't get up, and the enemy is laughing. And God is saying to you today, I'm going to give you a hope for your future today, and I'm removing that cinder block off your life to where the power of that guilt and shame has no more power on your life. And I say, in the name of Jesus, whoever you are, the chains be broken today, once and for all, in Jesus' name. Come on, give praise to Jesus. That's why addiction can become such a thing. The enemy just enjoys getting us in cycles of our sin. And God is saying, no, 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 I have removed it. You had a blip. Reach out. Get help. Let's keep walking. Come on. Amen? Amen. Okay. <laughs> going to get through it. Next verses. Attending to him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. With two they flew. They were calling out to the earth saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is full, with their, full of, their of his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke. Number three's point is an encounter with God will cause you to hear. An encounter with God will cause us to hear. This is one of the reasons why we need to pray and fast, because we need to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd again. And not just a little bit, but clearly. You know, I'm old enough. I had an old radio in my room. Yes, I am that old. I'm 45. Am I 45? Oh, no. I'm older than that? Oh, no. I'm 46 years old. I've reached that age oh, that I don't remember how old I am anymore. It just happened this year. Oh, but I had an old radio in my room. Remember those old radios? Come on, old guys. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and the dial, you just, and you were just like, yeah, I got it clear. You just felt like you were winning when you got it clear. Okay, TV and rabbit ears. Maybe I have more of the, everyone's like, yes, we remember rabbit ears. I have a few more people with me. And you just felt like you were winning when you got the channel and it was clear and it was working. That's what fasting and prayer does. Clarity! Clarity! 
I declare it over you today in the name of Jesus. Clarity in an encounter with God will cause us to hear and will tune us to hear the voice of God and the sounds of heaven. The voice of God and the sound of heaven. And then Isaiah said, it's all over. I love this part. He's so dramatic. I can totally relate. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among people of filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew with a burning coal. He'd taken from the altar. Okay? And uh, he touched the lips with it. He, um, he said, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed, and your sins are forgiven. And like I said before, what an incredible foreshadow of Jesus. It made me think of John. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Could you imagine John's excitement? This is like Christmas times infinity. Could you imagine waiting for the promise of something your entire life and family's generations? Behold the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who healed the woman with the issue of blood. Who, behold the Lamb of God who healed my marriage. Behold the Lamb of God who freed me from the effects of sexual abuse. Behold the Lamb of God who has taken the, the lies and the entanglements of addiction off of my family. Behold the Lamb of God who set my dad free from alcoholism when I was two years old. Yes, an encounter with Jesus changes everything. Where am I? I don't know. And it, yeah, verse 4. An encounter with God will lead you to repentance and get you realigned with God. It will move, remove your burdens, shame, and guilt once and for all. And I talked about that with the cinder block. Last verse. This is the verse everybody loves. Okay? I'm going to say it. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as I, the messenger to the people? Who will go for us? And Isaiah's response, as he was so willing uh, as he willingly said, here am I, send me. Church, an encounter with God will transform you. An encounter with God will transform you and lead you to a place of surrender and give you a willing heart. It will awaken you. I want to talk to some parents in the house. Some of us, I'm just saying some of us because I don't like pointing people out. I don't know who people are. I gave someone a word this week on Instagram. I didn't know who they were, and they're like, holy moly, how did you know? I said, I didn't know, but Jesus knows. Okay? So I'm not, I'm not, pointing, I'm not pointing anybody out. But parents, we need to fast for our children and lead the way. It's a mature word. Not really. I'm going to say it again. Parents, we need to fast for our families and pave the way. Like the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. As Jesus said, I only do what my father does. Jake and I need to fast. And the weirdest thing 
was for the first time in my life last night, I thought about our grandchildren. And I was okay with it. What is happening? <laughs> Can't remember my age. I'm thinking about grandchildren. What is happening? I'm old. No, I'm just teasing. I'm mindful that we are paving the way for our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, our great-great-grandchildren, great-great-great. Jesus, would you awaken us this morning, this afternoon, doesn't matter what time it is. Just lift your hands to Jesus, church, and you know what? I didn't get through the message again, and that's okay. Worship team, come to the front. Let's just lift our hands to Jesus, church, and stand up. Jesus, would you just awaken us? Awaken us to see that we need you. Awaken us to see that we belong to you. Awaken us to see that we didn't just pop out of our mother's womb by happenstance. But it was intentional. Whether your parents had you on purpose or not, God had a purpose for you to be born into this earth. And as soon as you came out of that womb, heaven shouted and said, another one. Another one to make history. Another one to change the world. Another one to fulfill my destiny for them. Another one to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Another one to pave the way for generations to know me, says the Spirit of God. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who awakens us and heals us and restores us and revives us and renews us. Behold the Lamb of God who fulfills all things for you. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans not to harm you. They're not going to hurt you. You'll see plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope for your future. Church, just lift your head higher to Jesus this morning. We all need an encounter with Jesus. We all need greater hope for our future. Behold the Lamb of God. Jesus, we behold you in this moment. 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 Father, I humbly pray for these people in the room this morning who have their hands lifted to you. God, I say may your kingdom come and may your will be done. God, I thank you for, for everything that heaven holds for their life that it will not be withheld, 
Jesus, that through their every surrender to you, through their ever, ever, every here am I, send me moment, God, that you release a little bit more of heaven into their life in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that it's wild, and yes, I pray wild. God, I thank you that it's crazy. God, I thank you that this is a house where we are constantly saying, did you see what God did? Did you see what God did? Did you hear what God did in their life? Did you hear what God did, uh, did in this person's life? Did you see he healed this person of cancer? Did you see that he healed this person of dementia? Did you see that he healed this person's heart? Did you see that he restored people's vision? Did you see, did you see, did you see? Church, what do you see? What do you see? I'll say it again, a diet changes the way we look, but fasting, oh, that's awesome. It changes the way that we see. So God, we lift our hands to you and we commit these next two weeks to you, God. We are faithfully committing these next two weeks to you, Father, and we say, would you come and would you have your way? God, we seek you above all else, but Jesus, I thank you that you're moving mountains on people's behalf in the name of Jesus, that you're restoring relationships in the name of Jesus, that you are reviving hearts in the name of Jesus, because it's who you are. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.